Golight presents Average Joe and the Pro. And it all kicks off right here. This is Average Joe and the Pro. And we're underway. Hello and welcome to Average Joe and the Pro. This is episode five. I am Gary and this is Connor. Connor, how are you getting on? I'm good. I'm very good. Before we start the pod and before we get into it, uh, you have been at Wexford FC now for two and a half weeks. Yeah. How's okay. it been? Good. Tough. Preseason is always tough. Um, just getting the legs moving again. Preseason matches start uh, next weekend. First game is against Shelburne, so looking forward to the games getting getting started up. Okay, so today our guest is Timmy Byrne. Uh, you will all know him as Timmy Byrne. He's Alex Byrne. He played for Galway United for a few years, uh, and then he gave up football. And we're going to be going into the ins and outs of him in and out of the League of Ireland. He's currently in Canada. He has a mad story about a trial that he nearly got his hands on and it would have changed his life forever a really big team that's set up in 2019 in the mls you know them as inter miami david beckham's team i'll let him explain the story i won't go into it in too much detail here uh, but he also discusses um his time as a center back and then being moved into a center defensive midfielder which is always a very interesting one a, a position change especially so early on in your career and my question for you connor is did you ever have a different position because I know you consider yourself now as a number 10 guy in, in the hole behind the striker which is a, a niche position in Ireland as it is so you surely did have a different position yeah like yeah like I started off uh with like underage I would have been center mid always um but then I went into like the kind of Kennedy Cup team and the county teams uh with the Midlands it was when when Pertumna, I was playing with Pertumna and <laughs> It was kind of like the manager thought I was too small for centre mid. No. <laughs> Who was this man? <laughs> so he thought I was... I, at 12, 13, I was a, a lot smaller than I am now. Um, a and lot smaller? Yeah. I, I was small. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided... Or not I decided. The manager decided to... You're a right back. Place me as right back. So yeah. it was kind of like you're a failed centre mid. Go to right back. Already um, at 13, you're a failed centre yeah. mid. You're a right back now. So, uh, so yeah, that was when I, that was at that that stage. Um, but then, as I started getting stronger and got to, got a bit taller, obviously, uh, and you I were better at at football than everyone else as well. So naturally, that's a midfielder's position. Yeah, like I was never right back. Like do you I know, know. Oh, I was never. Right oh, back. there's a bit of right because you're fast. You can cross yeah, the ball. I like yeah. You're I'm, taller I'm, now. I'm a good passer and that. Like, but the whole like I went to Salt Hill Devon then at 15, 16. And the manager moved me from, I went in as like, I was like, look, I can play right back, I can play center mid. And he was like, no, I'm going to play up front. So he played me as a nine. Okay, so you've been everywhere. Yeah, he played me as a nine. Except for um, goals, obviously, because of the... Yeah, no, believe it or not, it wasn't goals at 10 years of age. But, <laughs> but that's when you were <laughs> we the same height as we everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that now. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, play, uh, play me as a nine and then played from uh, as a nine from 15 to 18 years of age. And then... Um, Galway United happened and your man was like manager at, at Galway, Tommy Dunn, said, I don't really want a small number nine. Mm. I'm going to move you into number 10. So that's, I'm, I've been playing number 10 since. Since. And you were signed for Wexford FC as a number 10. Yeah. Like do, you think, a, do you think the number 10 is that's where you're there? Uh, what kind of, do you know the formation they play? No, like not yet. They're gonna they're yet. sorting it yeah. out. They're kind of sorting it out and different things like that. I can play in, in in a few positions. You know that is one thing that I do have a good versatility. Like I don't see myself as a, as a, a centre back or a right back again. You're a Dirk Kout. Yeah, no, I'm not Dirk Kout. Like a bit more flair. <laughs> okay, Dirk yeah, Kout. fair. That Dirk was Kout, harsh. Dirk Kout is a bit industrious. Um, like I think you know I can play centre mid. I can play ten. I can play off the left. I can play off the right, and I can even play up front. Like so, 
like I, I have that kind of in behind you. You have that on the CV. Yeah. In fairness. Yeah. Okay, so that's so your strongest position, number ten. You've been playing there most of your life. Yeah. So, and you're going to be number ten for Wexford. Yeah, think? like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like the way, wherever the manager plays me, as long as it's not in goals or right back, right back, <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> Okay, perfect. <laughs> on that note, um, an absolute pleasure talking to Timmy. Here he is on the podcast. Um, he went he went in detail into his life. He's still he's still a young man. There's still time for him to come back to the League of Ireland. We touch on that as well. Uh, but he's in Canada at the moment, and it was an absolute pleasure talking to him. Although it's late for us recording this, it's early for him. I'm getting a bit tired. He's just waking up. Here's Timmy Byrne on the podcast. Average Joe. And the pro. An absolute pleasure to announce our fifth guest of the podcast. This is Timmy Byrne. Timmy, how you doing? Good, my guys. How are you doing? Great, great, brilliant. Now, Timmy, your your name is Alex as well, so I don't know. Will I call you Alex or Timmy? I'm okay with calling you Timmy. Timmy sounds good to me, man. Whatever comes out of your mouth first is good with me. So so far we've had Schlings, who's Mihal, we've had Slugs, who's Mark, and now we have Timmy, Slugs who's Alex. Too, yeah. <laughs> this podcast gets weirder yeah. and weirder every week. But Timmy, great to talk yeah. to you. Thanks for coming on. Um, we oh, won't take for me, boys. we won't take too much of your time, but we have a couple of questions for you. And the first one Lovely. always happens on the podcast. When did you know you were going to be a pro footballer? Uh, I suppose this is one I've given a bit of thought to since I've heard the other lads' answers. Um, and I suppose I started playing football when I was eight or nine. Um, and I just had a serious enjoyment for it from the get-go. Um, it's something you don't really get with a lot of other, well, not necessarily a lot of other sports, but other things in life. Like the, the commit the, you have with a group of lads in a dressing room is such a strong bond. And that helped so much as well. I had such decent lads on all my teams growing up. Um, so between actually enjoying the football side of it and just having such good mates, I knew that I wanted to be involved in football for certainly, you know, to get to the highest level that I could get to and, and for a long time. Um, and then I suppose it was when I was getting a little older, like 15, 16, that you yeah, actually, I started developing. I was getting a little bit better because uh, I wasn't very good until I was probably 13 or 14, give or take. Um, and then it was just one thing after another in with the like Irish trials or Irish schoolboys and, then making the step up to like Salt Hill Devon under 19s, that was kind of the first moment, I suppose, that it was like, oh, like this is actually like the under 19 league CB. Obviously, you were part of it as well from the get go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was like kind of the most professional, you know, aspect that I'd ever been involved in with football at the time. Um, that was a big local regional league. Like now we were in a nationwide league all of a sudden, uh, and the prospect was there to then step into the League of Ireland at a, at a higher level above that. Um, so it was probably. Like it was always an aspiration of mine then when I was younger, but it was probably when I was actually 16, 17 and those things were being put in place that I realized, you know what, like there is the opportunity for me to step up to the League of Ireland here and, and make those steps. And like, obviously my ambition was to hopefully get across to England or something like that. But um, I suppose it probably came from from that, yeah. Uh, the, that under-19 league was a big kind of big starting block, I suppose. And obviously after that, you went on and played for years and years uh, for Galway at centre-back and then and midfield. But my next question for you is actually yeah. about Timmy Byrne not being in the League of Ireland for the last couple of years. And the question is, when did you know you didn't want to be a pro anymore? When did you think, you know what, this isn't for me anymore? Do you know what, man? Um, I'm kind of, I'm going to go a little, take a step backwards, I suppose, and give you the full kind of background as quick as I can, I guess. Um, so finishing up with the Irish schoolboys, I know CB actually had the same opportunities as I did. We, we approached by a lad to go pursue a scholarship in America, uh, a full scholarship. So that was, now granted, I wasn't big into schoolwork at the time. You know, football was my passion. I didn't really give much effort to school. Um, so the thoughts of going to 
to college and getting a scholarship um, was, you know, that side of it didn't really interest me, but the football side of it did. But I left that off anyway, uh, and we stayed and played League of Ireland. But then it was a couple of years later, I wasn't really enjoying it as much, man, as I thought I would have been, you know. Um, big, it's a big commitment, um, considering I, I was living in Galway, like where I'm born and raised, and all my mates, pretty much aside from the football lads, uh, they were going through college. So, you know, complete different social life to me, uh, just different timeline of things. So I probably wasn't enjoying it as much. And then I tried to go, I tried, I looked back into going on that scholarship uh, a couple of years later, probably when I was 20 or 21. Um, I was like, you know what, maybe I need something different. Uh, it's a good opportunity to go to, to get a good education, do something new. Uh, so I looked into it even, yeah, probably well, 21 is five years ago now. It's whatever, 2017. Um, so I looked into it even from as early as that, but it just it wasn't actually a viable option at that stage. Uh, once you've signed like a professional contract, you're not eligible for a scholarship anymore. Um, so I had looked into it from then. I, at that stage, I was kind of thinking, geez, maybe I'll leave this aside now and go do that. Um, but it was actually two years later then when I was 23 that I ultimately made the decision to, you know, even though I couldn't do the scholarship aspect of things, I was like, I'm, I'm just not enjoying it as much as I should be. And it's not what I want to do right now. Most so footballers, I got my, I, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Most footballers, when that happens to them, they just kind of, they just go through it and then hopefully it, it starts coming again. But you just went, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make a complete change in my life here. Yeah. Um, well, my best friend, Jay O'Donovan, who CB knows, Gary, I think you might have met him a couple of times. He was coming to Canada regardless of what I was doing anyway. He was going on like a 10-year tra- kind of traveling around the world, kind of, exp- you know, expedition as such, or however he'd define it. Um, and I was like, you know what, this is a great opportunity to do something really cool, something that not many of my friends have done. Like, you know, a real different thing for me to do, uh, go travel and go live somewhere else and to do it with my best friend. Then, you know, it's just a, a cherry on the cake or icing on the cake as you'd say it um yeah so i was like you know what it's a two-year visa pretty simple process obviously you don't have to do two years i knew if i wasn't enjoying it i could always come back you know a month later two months whatever x amount of time uh and you know if i was missing football i could could have pursued that again and tried to get back involved in the league of ireland um so while i was nervous to make that big step and leave ireland and you know canada's a good bit away it's not it's not quite the same as like just moving to London, like, you know, to the UK, you're a lot further away from home. Um, and I was quite a home bird. I'm quite close to my family uh, like that. I've been living in Galway my whole life, man. You know what I mean? Um, so to move across the country or the world like that was pretty big. Um, but yeah, I just figured, you know, worst things could happen. I, you know, if I'm not enjoying it, I can just come home. So uh, I just said, yeah, why not I'll make this decision and go through with it? And it is a big change because at the moment we're, it's currently 10 to 8 in the evening we're recording this and I'm, I presume the time yeah. over there is somewhere in the mid-morning so it's a big huge difference. It is 11.45 here, yeah. Eight so hours difference. It's, a, it's quite significant, man. It's It makes it a little more difficult to keep in touch with the boys at times uh, and my family, of course, but like, you know, like that, it's eight hours is half your day, essentially. You should be sleeping, give or take, eight hours at night. So like eight hours of your day is half the day. So um, like that, when I'm getting up, usually the lads are finishing work at that stage and, you know, busy for the evening i'm kind of just have a few things going on in the morning so it's uh it's tough to manage it at times uh definitely found that over the last few years so um and tim at 23 when you when you made that decision to go to canada in your head were you thinking that right i'm just going to take a two-year break from football um or what was your your kind of thought process with football um that was really what i was thinking man at the time um you know like that I, i think i was I was 22 actually when I left, but I was going to be 23 like the following month. So 
I was like, you know what, two years now, I'll be back. Like, I'll be give or take, turning 25 a few weeks later when I get home. You know, coming into my f- physical performance, like, you know, that, that age where you should be kind of performing at your best. Um, so that'll be a great time to come back. It might be the break I need, you know. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I'll come back, put the head down again and, and get back to it. Because, like, I obviously I know that I love football. Like, you know what I mean? I, I do what- I do love playing football. Uh, that change, I just wasn't enjoying the professional aspect of it and it just wasn't for me you know what I mean it wasn't doing enough for me really it was too much of a commitment for what I felt like I was getting back I just ultimately when you're not enjoying something man um it's kind of hard to stick with it yeah. you know what I mean um but I thought I thought yeah initially two two years in Canada uh fly back to beautiful Galway then and probably get cracking at Galway United that's kind of what I thought at the time yeah and it was I remember because it was a big thing to tell my family like to to be you know giving up football and going traveling was a big deal so um I did think at the time I'd probably come back and pick up where I left off yeah and it wasn't um when like when you went away it was probably a year 12 months later when you actually came home um around 12 to 14 months when you came home and was like I didn't know why why you were coming home first of all um, until mm. until I actually met you, I don't know if you want to explain explain what happened from here. Yeah, so I suppose uh, I was living in Toronto initially, CB, um, and to get into it quick enough, uh, I had made Jason like Jay, one of his good friends, was um, dating a guy who was meant to be head of head of scouting for Inter Miami down in um, obviously in Miami. David Beckham's new venture back then in 2019, um, and. His friend, Jay's friend, who was actually a girl he was dating at the time, uh, knew that I had played professional football in Ireland at, you know, previous to that, to being in Toronto. Uh, so she just kind of said it to him in passing, oh, like, my boyfriend's friend used to be a pro player. Like, you know, I, sh- I should put you guys in touch. Just why not? Like, just put you in touch. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so he was like, look, uh, I'm like, I'm, I have the power to bring you over, basically, on a trial. Um, if, if you want to send me over a video of you, like, I know you're friends of Andrea's. Um, so if, if you have any footage and you want to send it on to me, if that's what you're interested in, like, you know, I'll obviously take a look at it and make a decision if I deem I should bring you over or not. So I was like, whoa, like, this is, you know, like an absolutely insane opportunity. Like, yeah, you know, something and a, and a that really that you have dreamed of. Like, this is to go to over to Inter-Miami to have a trial. And a complete U turn Yeah, yeah, in a well. couple of months. Um, and like, sure, David Beckham is the man. Like, you know, I grew up watching him. I have literally right beside me, I have a beautiful 1999 treble winning season, David Beckham jersey. Um, but yeah, so this, this opportunity came about. So I quickly, like, I didn't have a, a highlight video of myself from before, you know, because I obviously never really needed it in the League of Ireland, considering I played with Coy the whole time. Um, so I accessed all our footage through Instat. You know, you have Instat yourself or we used yeah. to have it. Um, and Jason just Jason and I quickly just went through a bunch of videos. You know how simple they make it on Instat. Like you can check all your completed passes, X, Y, and Z, and they have the footage already for you. So we just had to really extract it from that, put it into a little like compilation. Um, so got that all that done really pretty quickly um, and forward it onto him. And at this stage, like he was kind of giving me the impression that I was like, look, I'll probably give you a chance regardless. Like, you know, unless the video is absolutely cat, obviously. But he's like, we have a squad of 30 people we're going to be filling like. Uh, so he's like, I'll probably bring you down all going well, like regardless of the video kind of thing. Um, so I quickly got the video off to him and I was like, right, I need to get my gear, my butt in shape. Like, because, you know, this is the biggest opportunity I've ever had. And I haven't been playing football for the last 10 months, you know. So I obviously wasn't very fit, like wasn't probably sharp with the ball, etc. So I booked my flight for five days later, flew home to Galway. Um, because I knew that like I needed this trial was going to be in the middle of January, and this was I suppose end of November, 
so about six seven weeks prior to the you know trial as such um so I knew that the best environment for me was to get home and be training in a scenario where I knew I wouldn't have to be working for my rents. I'd just go live home at home with the family. Uh, I just have way more things in place for me to get the most out of the few weeks I had, uh, as opposed to living in Toronto, you know, where my lifestyle wasn't as clean or as handy as it could have been. Um, so, yeah, I came home and didn't really tell anyone about it because obviously... You want to count was... your chickens. Sorry? You didn't want to count your chickens like... Yeah, exactly, man. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hedging all my bets on that, on this possibility, I suppose. But at the same time, I was, I was obviously going to give it my absolute all for for those six or seven weeks, like, because if if it all came well, you know, it would have been the biggest regret in my life if I had showed up there and been a complete slob or a mess. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I probably trained for the hardest I've ever trained for those six or seven weeks, man. And I actually got in serious shape. Um, was eating all decent meals, like in good, sh- in you know, doing everything right, basically. Uh, in the gym at 5.30 in the morning with Johnny Concrete, Johnny O'Connor, our old strength conditioning coach over at Connacht Rugby, uh, over at the sports ground a couple of times a week and out on the pitch running down on West Side on the track running. Uh, yeah, and that all went well. Had a pretty quiet Christmas, which is unlike me, as you know, I do like a pint of Guinness and Garvin's. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have, to, didn't get a chance to have many of them that Christmas, which was tough. Uh, but like that, I was still so committed to the end goal as such. Um yeah. So, yeah, so I'd, I'd even been in training with Galway at early January uh, for their preseason. So I was like, right, this will be, you know, the best place where I'm going to get touches of the football for the next two weeks before I go over. Um, and I suppose I'll see where I'm at. Um, and sure, I was flying it because, in fairness, like the boys had just finished their offseason. They were starting preseason, whereas I had been training for six or seven weeks, like as intensely as I ever have. So I was flying it up there. Um, but then I would think I was meant to fly out on a Monday no, on a Friday for a start on Monday for two weeks uh, of a trial and the previous Monday, so a week before I was meant to be starting and five days before I was flying out, um, your man rang me. So was, I don't even remember his name right right now off the top of my head because just kind of never really spoke to him since this whole occasion. But, we'll call him agent. Uh, he ra- yeah, let's just call him agent, uh, Canadian agent. So he rings me up and he's like, uh, I'm kind of like, you know, not really expecting the phone call. And uh, the gist of it was it was pretty like rushed, kind of unclear phone call. But he was just like, um, he's had some like criminal allegations brought up against him from like an ex girlfriend, and Inter Miami had like just completely cut ties with him. Oh my god! Um, oh fuck! So he was like, so like one, he was like, I'm obviously working to get all this cleared, like blah 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 blah. Um, like, cause yeah, like obviously he was totally innocent. Like I don't know anything about it, but that's what he was telling me, obviously. Um, so he was like, look, I don't know if you'll be able to come out next week, like now with this all up in the air, like my position in the air. But as soon as I get this sorted, like we'll make it right. Like, so blah, blah, blah. You know, sh- shouldn't take too long, a couple of weeks kind of thing. So I was there thinking, holy fuck, like I've just kind of left my whole life in Canada. I like, I, I had a beautiful apartment, like looking towards the CN Tower, 23rd floor, like cracking apartments. I had just given that lease up, uh, you know, sold all my stuff in Clon- in Canada uh, and come home for now. Essentially nothing like um and that's how that's how it turned out to really finish. I didn't hear a huge amount from him um, over the next couple, coming weeks. Obviously, I was trying to keep in touch with him, see what was going on. Uh, he like, I think he was pretty genuine. To be fair, he felt pretty bad about the situation. Like he knew what I'd been doing, gone through for it. Uh, so he was trying to put me in touch with more friends. He was an ex-professional himself, uh, tip mostly in South America, I believe. He's Chilean. Um, so he was putting me in touch with more and more guys to try find something for me at this stage. Um, and he was even like, oh, there's like, you know, my friend here, like I sent him on your video. 
Uh, he runs like one of the teams in the Chilean second division, like it's good money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was, I was actually in Manchester at this stage. I kind of sacked off the idea of this working out. And I'd actually gone over to Manchester with my brother and one of the lads for a United game. And I was sitting in Weatherspoons drinking cheap gin and tonics. And, uh, and he's like, okay, uh, like we could send you to Chile. Like we have something here from Chile for you. I'm thinking, holy moly, like this is crazy. I was like, <laughs> From Canada get... to Galway to Manchester to Chile. <laughs> yeah, like of all places, like I was like, I don't have a lick of Spanish. Granted, I'd love to learn Spanish. I was like, so that, you know, that would be cool. I was like, you know, I was kind of for a very short while. I was like, this actually would be a, a crazy experience. And again, I always know that nothing is permanent. You know what I mean? If I'm not enjoying it, things don't always work out and you can move on and move home or move yeah. away as such. Um, but I did sit, think about it for a little while. Um, but ultimately, I was like, this is too crazy. Like, this is, you know, and at this stage, I didn't really trust the guy that much. I was yeah. kind of thinking he's a bit sleazy, like, but there was something, you know, just a bit off about the whole interactions, I guess, in hindsight. Like, and tell um, me this, the, 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 obviously the phone call that you got on the Monday and he rings and he's like, look, I have mm-hmm. some, some stuff going on in the background here. You're going to set it back a couple yeah. of weeks. Now, that's not a, that's not a, for him to say that, that's not him going, oh, this isn't happening anymore. So there's obviously still a glimmer of hope for you at that time. But when did you know yeah. that, you know what, the, the Miami dream, you've worked so hard for it over the last couple of weeks, this, you've, you've sold all your things in Canada, you've moved back to Ireland to train, and you're going to Miami. When did you realize that that wasn't going to happen, and how tough was that? Oh, like that, man. Even from the get-go, once he told me, like, yeah, he, he never, he wasn't like, oh, th- it, this is it, done. It, it was like, oh, hopefully a few weeks kind of thing. But just from the moment I had that phone call, I kind of already, yeah. you know, I just put that in my head out. pretty quick. Um, yeah, big question marks about the guy at that stage. Um, so really, man, like I said, I didn't hear a huge amount from him over those few weeks, just trying to keep in touch, a couple of messages to see what the story was. But um, like that, just with a bit of, with time passing, and I just knew, like, communication was getting less and less with him. I was like, this is this is up in the air and I'm you know I'm not going to wait around weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months more you know on his word that I don't even trust when I could go back and enjoy myself in Canada um and so yeah I I stuck her I actually waited around for a good while because good old boy slugger uh, was getting married about two weeks later anyway on the first of February so this was like like I said mid-January uh so I stuck around for his wedding anyway um and yeah, but but at that stage, I pretty I pretty much knew that I was going to just go back to Canada. It was just a matter of when, um, and I ended up staying probably another five or six weeks. I went back at the beginning of March. So and did your so yeah, it was a, did your sorry, head go, go did your head go with him with football? Oh then, yeah, with that, like with the minute yeah. you, the minute you get that call, are you like fuck this? This is just yeah. What is the point? Yeah, and you know what? Like it was I was going back to two months prior to that when I got the initial phone call to say hey. I got your video like, and I want to fly you out. I was like, this is like, like I said, it's just the biggest opportunity I'd ever been given in football. And I suppose it's not that I felt like hard done by when I was playing football or anything, but um, I just like, wow, this is like, you know, I always like wanted going into like Irish trials when we were like 15, 16, like 17, 18, whatever, even like getting put on the reserves to the 19 championships, the, the European championships as a, like, and there was lads in the squad that I knew I was better than. So I kind of just, all this amazing opportunity kind of just felt like karma from all the opportunities that I felt yeah. like I should, maybe could have had when I was younger and I just never got essentially that I, you know, I never really made the grade at the level I thought I would have or got to, to the positions I would have liked, obviously. Uh, so I was like, wow, this is all of that, like tenfold. This is all of those experiences that I thought I might've had, you know, each one small 
this is all of them in one, like, you know, an absolute present to me, like to get this opportunity just through a mutual friend. I thought it was so ironic too, that I had left football behind me, left Ireland. And then I got this amazing opportunity yeah. in Canada. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, wow, like this is, Crazy. it's funny how the world works sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but then once once it went tits up, like I was just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm done with this again. Like I'm so back the, to Canada. There was never a moment in your head at all where, let's say, you'd done all this training, you'd already kind of started training with Galway, and you were already like leagues ahead of the lads in terms of fitness, and and the touch was right. You never thought after this, do you know what I'll do? I'll just I'll, I'll give it another year in the League of Ireland. You thought no way. Yeah, it, uh, I even I I actually I forgot I had been up training with the. I heard you mention it there last week, CB, I think with Sluggers, um, on the Slugger episode, but I had been up at that PFAI training camp as well. Oh, yeah. uh, it was up in Castlebar. Cully and I, Cully Horgan and I had been going up like twice a week, I think it was on. Um, and our, our good buddy, Ollie Horgan, your old manager, what, yeah. two, two seasons ago now or last season. Um, yeah. And he was our Irish schoolboys manager. He actually got in touch with me because he knew I was at the camp. Um, and in fairness to Ollie, man, Ollie always gave me so much time, gave me a lot of credit. He'd always touch base with me every off season to see how I was doing, see if I had an interest. Um, and I'd always appreciate that from him. But um, no, even even though I was getting on quite well and I was pretty sharp, like up at, like at Murphs actually and a few of the boys at Go United at the time, like Alan Murphy was managing, but uh, they asked me would I be interested in staying around because like, I was flying it so much in training. Uh, now, like Murphs and I never didn't get on or anything, but I definitely wasn't like, he wasn't, he keen it was not that he wasn't keen to have me but he it was the fact that he was asking me all of a sudden would i would i like to stay around and play like i, I knew i was pretty sharp man like i was i was as fit as i've ever been yeah, by a mile were, man i was were, i was crushing fit. all the running drills like pretty handy you know what i mean i actually had never been so fit in my life like um i remember one day running with cully horgan up and drum like we were going up there a few times a week and it was probably the only time and the last time i'll ever run cully into the ground like yeah. i was actually fitter than him like and that says something <laughs> for a change and Timmy, what age do you know? You're 26, 27, aren't you? I'm 26, man. Yeah, I'll be 27 in March. I'm getting old. So, but hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, hold on a second. I'm 30 this year. Let's let's leave that wow. alone. Uh, the big three zero. So you have a lot of time left. Has it ever like, now let's say, obviously you're enjoying yourself in Canada at the moment, but mm-hmm. what are the chances of Timmy Byrne, you know, coming back to Ireland and playing League of Ireland football again? Is that is that on the cards at all? Because there's a couple more years in you. There probably would be a couple more years of me if I decided to give it a whack, yeah. But um, certainly, man, I don't know when the last time... I, I don't think I missed it, man, to be honest. Um, it's, like I said a, a short while ago, I, was like, I just wasn't enjoying it, man. And there's there's reasons to that, you know what I mean? And for me to put myself back in that position now, ultimately... Like, granted, like I said, how fit I was for getting ready for that Inter-Miami thing. I think if I had ever... If I had applied myself that much to my League of Ireland career, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more because I would have got more out of it. Like, you know, in hindsight, I I didn't take it serious enough while I was playing. You know what I mean? I took it for granted really that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in training every day. Like I would train as frequently as I could, but I wasn't training as hard as I could have. You know what I mean? Or While my diet was like pretty spot on, like I didn't eat a lot of good food and cook a lot of meals myself. It was, yeah, I just wasn't giving it as much attention as I should have. So part of me does think, geez, now that I know that you know how much better I could have been and much fitter and you know that all would have paid dividends on the pitch obviously initially yeah sometimes would I would have thought hmm, maybe if I went back and gave it that much effort again I'd actually go on and be a much better player and do better things I can actually get way more enjoyment out of it uh, but ultimately I just figured man I'm enjoying myself so much here I've been very fortunate with the people I've got to meet here uh, like a lot of decent friends which is kind of tough when you move away uh, to like make a good core group of friends again 
Uh, but I've been very fortunate here now, so it's it's made it tough to tough to think about going back to the League of Ireland. I'm well, loving it out here. You also have a very very enjoyable CV to look at because on the top of that CV, well, I'd have it on top of my CV anyway, is a goal against England. Not many people yeah. can say that. Take me through that. What happened there? Were you part of that squad as well, Connor? Yeah, I was part of that squad. I was yet. buzzing, absolutely uh, buzzing for him to get because obviously being a centre back team, you wouldn't have scored many. Goals. I'm sure I was prolific at Goal United, man. I think I have 200 goals. <laughs> um, Inter Miami yeah, wanted no, definitely, them. Definitely didn't get the chance to score a huge amount of goals. Uh, and back then, like I was predominantly playing centre back, uh, so even less opportunities than I would have had maybe playing centre mid. Um, yeah, I suppose that was I think our final game with the Centenary Shield yeah. with the schoolboys, Connor. Um, down in Turner's Cross, I think we were one 0 down at the time. Um, and we had a corner and I just managed to get my head on it. I think I had gotten flicked on from the front stick and I was just at the back stick, just put my big mop ahead of her on it and put it in at the back back stick, yeah. And did you go wild? Did you go 90? I don't even think, I didn't know what to do, man. I wasn't used to it. I just ran back yeah, with my arms out, back to Paddy Fitzgerald, <laughs> who was my centre-back partner at the time, our captain for this for the competition. Yeah, I just ran back with my hands, just delighted. Looked like an idiot, probably. Ah, um, that one's for the famine. That one's for the famine! Yeah, that is for the famine, you fuckers. Um... <laughs> But I actually got sent off in that game as well, man. That was oh my god! As well. Oh my god! I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, it was like one of the last kicks of the game, man. Uh, it was my first ever red card as well. I had like, and I've, I've, you know, I've a heavy enough tackler at times, like. Uh, so I had gone about eighteen. I was yeah, eighteen years old to get my first red card. Uh, second yellow. Thought I actually had put in a decent challenge on someone, a slide tackle as usual. Um, and I actually came out on the worst of it. I remember I, I was like. The physio was giving me attention, blah, blah. I was on the ground. Your man was fine, like kind of off, doing his own thing, whatever. Uh, and I, The physio helped me up. I was about to get subbed off because there's only a couple of minutes left. And uh, next thing, referee comes over, gives me a second yellow. And I was like, are you for real, man? Um, like, you know, it had been a few minutes. I was getting treatment, I think, a couple of minutes anyway. Uh, so I just didn't So I just didn't expect it at all. Like, And uh, yeah, he sent me off, man. I was absolutely gutted, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, yeah, I'd say was, any, you, any of you stat nerds listening right now, if you want to do this uh, homework for me, how many people have scored a goal and got sent off against England in the same game? I doubt many. That is oh, for sure. Maybe I'm part of a, a pretty unique club then, eh? <laughs> pretty sick. Yeah, in fairness. I wouldn't say there is many. I don't even no. know that many like that would have scored against England, You know, obviously through the age groups. and that. Ray but Houghton. I don't yeah. think he got sent Shane off in that Long. game. Shane, Shane Long. Long. And the, Timmy Byrne. And Timmy Byrne. There we go. That's pretty That's pretty sweet. I'll take that. Yeah. Thanks for making me aware of that. <laughs> if anyone does come in with an answer for you, just awesome. ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're going to ignore that. As the only member of that club. <laughs> um, as you said there, when you were with Irish schools, you were predominantly a centre-back. And then when Tommy Dunn signed you at Galway, he converted you to a centre-defence midfielder, uh, CDM. So, yeah. like, I, like, obviously, you're, you're a very good ball player at centre-back. I personally think if I was to give my opinion I thought you were, were top class centre back um, mm-hmm. and I think that would have been like maybe your height I don't know if that's something that I should be saying coming yeah. from a fucking small man <laughs> but <laughs> no I actually completely agree with you man um, I think the main reason I got shoved out of centre half was because I wasn't big enough to be the, you know playing League of Ireland there was, at that stage as well we were like 18 years old I wasn't you know a brick shit house. Um I was a fairly just average looking kid like not not skinny, but not built anyway. Um, and like that 5'10", 5'11", maybe on a good day if I'm lucky. Um, so t- I think Tommy was just like, Do you know what? This kid 
I remember Gary Shaw absolutely bullied me one game, man. Sure, he, that guy's about seven yeah. foot ten, like, um, <laughs> and he just winning every header. And Tommy Dunn is just looking at me like I'm an idiot, like. So I think he was just sick of me not winning my headers at centre back. Um, but I do probably you, you just kind of quickly alluded to it um, that you probably think that I was a a better. It was suited me as a position better centre yeah. back. Like I was a better centre back than I was a centre mid. Um, and I, I I agree with you with that as well. I think I actually read the game very well at centre half. Yeah, yeah um, totally. And I was a decent tackler, you know, could do all that kind of stuff. And I, to be fair, like I could play a little bit of football anyway. Um, yeah, I think you're doing yourself a, like, a, a bit harsh there. You're, you're he's a uh, humble man, though. He is nah. a humble man, but he's he very comfortable on the ball. Like that, and obviously yeah. you have to be if, and, and the manager's seen that because the majority of centre halves that are too small uh, are shoved out to right back. Yeah, out to the Cully Horgan position. Yeah, out to the Cully Horgan. <laughs> <laughs> this, the Horgans are getting a lot of stick on this podcast as well. Yeah, poor fuckers. They're going to have to um, come on and defend themselves. It, yeah, just get the whole family on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, I suppose I like, I'd like. i played centre mid quite a bit, CB, with Kenny Gavin, like, you know, with Salt Hill and our underage teams. Like, I'd always been centre mid, really, those teams um, for a long time anyway. Um, so I suppose... Yeah, like that. Just being so comfortable on the ball, it probably just made more sense for me to go into centre mid. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that was probably the thinking behind that. I remember we had just signed Paddy Barrett. Uh, I had I'd been like playing a good few games at centre half um, consistently, and we just signed Paddy Barrett. And he, I think he had trained once, like on Thursday before the game Friday, and into Terryland the next night or Eamon DC, and uh, I was just dropped. Paddy was straight in, and I was like. That is such a load of shit. Like, you know, it's just like I was gutted. And then Tommy and Leo yeah. called me out, uh, Leo Tierney, the legend. And they were just like, look, they didn't like say, oh, we won't be playing your centre-back like ever again. You're too small. Uh, <laughs> but they were just like, we think you'd actually be like a great centre-mid. Like you're, you know, like all those things. You can play football, blah, blah. You can read the game. You can tackle. So we'd actually like to put you in like as a six from now on kind of. Um, yeah. And sure enough, I suppose it was like Ryan Connolly, Paul Sinnott. They were the kind of two boys in centre mid. I think it was. I think we played a fairly standard like four four two or something. We had two centre midfielders anyway, as opposed to like more typically maybe three now in most systems. But um, so it was kind of tough for me to get in ahead of those two boys, captain and vice captain. But um, I think Sino maybe picked up a knock. I think we were playing Cove away. Sino picked up a knock, so I got the nod, got in ahead of in in centre mid then, and I uh, kept my position for the the playoffs and Scored. managed to score a goal in that too. Wow. Change. Yeah, scored in the playoffs yeah. in 2014. Unbelievable bit of skill as well. Little, oh, little rollover mm, with the right foot. Little, then, a little drag with the ball, yeah. Uh, a little scuff into the bottom corner, then left foot. I think I made someone with it. Um, and that was my only goal in the end, man, for Goway. But that was a pretty unbelievable moment. I think we had like a full... That was the second leg, I think, that game. Um, yeah. So that was the, the winner as such. Or like the, you know, that was the, the final leg, the final game. We were clinched promotion. Uh, and no better place to do it than in your home ground. Like, and like that, when you're a local lad, I probably knew half the people in the stadium, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so it, was, would, it was a pretty Would that have been a highlight, now, so. Tim? Would that have been a highlight for you then? Yeah, oh yeah, it would have been, man, I suppose. Um, ah, like, and you know the crack we had like with that group of lads anyway. So yeah. to do it with those lads in my in like home stadium, my family were all there, Maybe my friends were there, load of the lads were in, like, in the stands. Um that was a pretty good moment, man. Yeah, because I don't. I think we were probably like underdogs, to be honest, going into that fixture. Um, I think UCD had a few decent lads on the team. Um, yeah, so it was it was definitely one of the highlights. Um, yeah, do you know what, man? There wasn't a huge amount of highlights for me, I'd say, in my League of Ireland career. Like, um, like you know, 
standout highlights because we never like we got we lost that cup final to St. Pat's. Yeah, I was injured for that with my ruptured adductor. Um, so yeah, so th- those would be some of my standouts. Yeah, that that um that goal and that goal and red card for Ireland that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so before you go, Timmy, we have to ask this question, and it's different for you because I'm I'm really intrigued about this uh, this answer because the fact that you haven't been in Ireland, you haven't been playing in the League of Ireland for the last couple of years, and you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. The future, obviously, anything can change. But what would Timmy yeah. Byrne say to 18-year-old Timmy Byrne? Do you know what, man? I think right now, like I said, when I look back on how well I trained for that Inter-Miami opportunity, and I realize that that's the level I should have been training at the whole time, really, um, I'd probably tell myself to actually cop on a bit and give it a better go. Like, you know, actually make, if, if I wanted to be a professional footballer and get to the highest level, it should have been the only thing I thought about, you know what I mean? Whereas I still tried to have a good social life and like that, it's just, it's it's unreal when you're playing it with little lads that you're good mates with. Like that just makes it so much better. Um, I was fortunate and like, you know, to be playing in Galway for the six seasons I spent there, I pretty much always got on with everyone in the dressing room, you know what I mean? Um, which is, I don't think you get that at a lot of other dressing rooms. Like you'd hear you know, like League of Ireland is tiny, man. Everyone knows everyone's business in there. And, did, uh, and I think everyone would always say that the dressing room of Galway was pretty decent. And you, you don't hear that about some other places sometimes. Um, yeah, that is that is for sure. Um, and just like, I have an interesting one here. This just came to my head. Um, do you think, Tim, that that was maybe a factor why you didn't kind of put the head down? Do you think that maybe if you were... That I was club, in Galway? like Yeah. Do you think that maybe if you were at a club like Derry City or Longford? No, not maybe not. I don't know. Like it, uh, like take a, a lot to get me to Longford. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, that's why I said it because I knew. <laughs> yeah, if I was in Longford, man, there would have been nothing else to do but put the head down. So, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, maybe, man. To be honest, part 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 of me does think that. Like I said, like all the lads were in college, they were going for their nights out like midweek. Now I was never doing that, but I was prone to a few drinks on the weekend when I could. Um, so yeah, maybe. Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, man, it's all it's all my friends' fault. That's it. That's <laughs> it decided now. Bad influences, load of bad eggs. Oh um, god, yeah. I know, but but at the end of the day, man, you know the onus is on me as well. Like, and I, you have to own up to that. Like so. Um, and you know what? We'd like to 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 just say apologies to any Longford people. Granard is a nice town. Uh, Longford town is nice. Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> the apology didn't go too I'm well. Not, I'm not apologizing to anyone from Longford. That's <laughs> because you're in Canada. They can't get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sound here. You guys might be, get a bit of lip next time you're around Longford. But uh, well, look from 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 Galway to Canada, from centre back to centre mid, Timmy. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Who knows what the oh. future holds? But it's a, it was amazing talking to you. And best of luck with all the, your Thank future you ventures. And hopefully, we'll have a night out in a couple of years' time together again. Yes, we will for sure. I can definitely, definitely see that happening. And yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, delighted for the two of you. This is a pretty exciting project that you guys are doing. Uh, the podcast is, you know, the few that I have listened to that have come out, they've been pretty good. So I'm actually delighted for you guys. Uh, Thanks, I appreciate much. you guys having me on. Appreciate it, Tim. Thank Thanks you, Timmy. Much. Have a good yeah. one. Great no talking worries, to you, bud. Thanks, you too, guys. Chat to you soon. Average Joe and the Pro. So that was episode five of Average Joe and the Pro Art Chat with Timmy Byrne. An absolute pleasure. He went in in depth and uh, was very, very honest about his career and, uh, you know, uh, leaving football. Obviously, a very difficult decision for any pro footballer. Uh, Connor, how did you find the chat with Timmy? Yeah, brilliant. Um, Timmy, the whole into Miami stuff. Mental. Wasn't it? Oh, my God. But, like, uh, what a greasy bastard this agent was. 
Yeah. Like you just like the way Timmy was discussing it or talking about it, you're just like, oh, this guy. You, you could see that Timmy was a bit deflated from oh, it. Even, oh, even talking, even about, talking it about it, you could see, yeah. You know, um, and that's that's a good bit on. It's nearly two years on now. Um, yeah, like that because Timmy seen that as his his moment, and I I met him when he came back, and I was training with him, and he, like he was putting in the hard yards, like and and to reiterate what he said. Like he was the fittest he ever been. Like, yeah. and I've played with Timmy since fifteen years of age. Like, he was definitely the fittest I've ever seen him. Um, and then for it just to be kind of taken away like that, uh, it's just it's really tough. hard to take. Yeah. My question for you then is to to just go off the topic of the podcast. Did you ever have a moment in your career, um, playing professional football in Ireland, where you went, "Oh fuck this now! I'm sick of it. I don't want to do this anymore." Actually, yeah, back in the end of 2019, we had discussed it, myself and my partner, Lauren, that we were going to go to Canada. What? Yeah, I haven't told you this, have I? No, never. Yeah. Podcast exclusive. What do yeah. you mean? Just go to Canada, give up football, do a Timmy on it? No, not not give up football. Go and play football in Canada. Did you have contacts? Uh, yeah. I was a greasy agent I from was Chile? Talking, talking to people on LinkedIn. No way. Yeah. So I was talking to people on LinkedIn. Um, they were going to set me up with the, the Canadian Premier League team. They could bring over seven, I think, foreign players. Yeah, over to the Canadian Premier League per team, um, and I had spoken to a couple of high people up in a in a few teams, um, and like I had, we had our visas done and everything. No like, way. Where we had it all kind of, we hadn't. You mapped out. You had everything mapped, mapped out. out yeah. yeah. Where we we're going to be going? We we're going to go in Toronto first, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. Wow. Okay. Fucking and then, COVID and again. Then, and then we haven't looked back since. And, and it's going well for you. And it's going well. And I have no intention of going to Canada. There you go. You know. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of like, like it just that was it, you know. Yeah, it's mad how the pandemic has affected a lot of pro footballers, and I'm sure the more we get on, the more we'll see situations and opportunities like that going begging because of of the pandemic. But look, we've been talking about COVID for the last two and a half years, yeah. and I didn't. I think this podcast is should be after this now should be a COVID free zone. But yeah, that's mad. I never knew that. Yeah, that was, um, and it's not like would we <laughs> would I've been guaranteed to get a club over there? No. You know, um, like but you would have obviously looked into it a little bit more. Yeah, but like I had, I've done like we done all our, my video, everything sent it on to these contacts. Like I'd done a lot of work, yeah, um, to to try and play football over in Canada, and uh, like it, it just didn't happen for for reasons out of our everyone's control. Um, and I have absolutely no intention of going to Canada in the near future yeah the Wexford FC's finest Connor Barry not going to Canada don't you worry <laughs> fans he's staying put anyway that is it from the podcast today uh, make sure you like subscribe listen we are on all uh, platforms um, you can get us on Instagram be our main one where we put up all our videos and Twitter as well at Average Joe and the Pro um, leave a like you know leave a review let us know what you think and uh, you can message us on on any platform we, we do like to, to have a few conversations with uh, anyone who's listening in really enjoyed doing the first five episodes thank you connor and we'll talk to you next week the crowd are on their feet average joe and the pro it's all over if you like what you heard please make sure to subscribe to the show and tell your friends to check it out too and if you fancy leaving a review it'll help other average joes and potential pros find our series